Hi, and welcome to the Golf and Chess podcast here. I'm uh, here today with uh, Mr. Dodgy. Uh, how is uh, your life at the moment? Tell us about it. Hi, Pierre. Hi, everyone. I'm doing good today. And I we did just talk for a while, think about what we should actually speak about this week. And I remembered that you have huge golf notes. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I cannot contain myself, so I have to brag about it. But uh, I made a hole-in-one yesterday, which is basically, well, you know, you wow. move a ball 140 meters and it goes into a hole. And uh, I mean, I was there even with, with Magnus sort of preparing for his uh, chessable Masters final against Firusha. And uh, well, the effect on him, we, we saw he managed to recover in the end, but we'll come back to that. But well, basically, I made a, a hole in one and that sounds like an incredible amount of skill, right? You take a golf club, you move a ball 140 meters and it falls into a very small hole. That's how I like to describe it. But reality is, is that uh, the course was completely hopeless yesterday. So we couldn't move the ball that far. So basically, you are supposed to take a, you know, a club of precision. But I just took my driver, which is basically this brute force thing that just hurls it up in the air and uh, moves the ball far away. So I did that and I, had, I thought, ah, I hit the ball. Where did it land? I asked Magnus. He said, ah, somewhere near the green. So we, we went there and we started looking for the ball. And at some point I looked in the hole and it was lying there. So, um, you know, well, I nice. think it's uh, one in a 10,000 chance that that will actually happen. Perhaps not the way you want it to happen because it was luck. On the other hand, maybe that's exactly how you want it to happen. I don't know. But um, Do we need to get Kramnik to investigate the, the chances? That yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, well, it's, but I could, I mean, it's true. Uh, accuracy is 100%, right? So that, uh, yeah, yeah, that... Uh, I have managed that once in my life, so that was great. And awesome. I sort of per tradition, I was support, supposed to uh, buy drinks for the whole club, but there was absolutely no one there. It's uh, mid beginning of February, very wet, and so on and so forth. So I got away with one there, but um, no, that was the highlight of my my, my golfing career. Never to be be beat. So I'm on on an emotional high in in, in many way. But um, yeah, I mean, if you the, do if you do it forty seven times out of the next forty eight holes, then I, I would be very suspicious. Yeah, that is that is true. But uh, I think the only thing that it's uh, the the North Korean dictator Kim Jong Il, I think his name. He he's, he claims to have made five in one round, but uh, it's not fully verified yet. And there, I think actually Kramnik would have grounds for suspicion. Uh, yeah, but possibly. Uh, possibly. Any, anyway, there is a odd chance that some of our listeners also wants to hear about chess, actually. So, I mean, so we're I'm not advising... talking about any chess this week. I think it's mostly about hotel yeah. rooms and, um, and that is where and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, if they hang, hang on, we will talk a little bit about chess 960. At least it's that's true. In that's the ball in the ballpark, yeah. But uh, well, what's the biggest controversy, controversy this week? Yeah, there's been a couple of big controversies. So. Hans Neiman has been banned. Well, yeah, I guess banned is correct. He's been banned from the St. Louis Chess Club for one year. For they they gave kind of several vague reasons, but the kind of main reason seems to be that he trashed the hotel room after the U.S. Championships. And he has uh, he's kind of disputed some of their. Well, I mean, they didn't really make any specific claims in their in their letters, so it's kind of hard to dispute anything. But he has said that you know that he was he had already not been invited for a year. They're basically just using this as an excuse to continue their their shadow. I mean, for a start, 
I mean, let, let's talk about the hotel. It's the, I think it's called the Chase Park. It's a very, very large traditional uh, American uh, hotel. In the lobby, you will see pictures of several U.S. presidents who has visited them. I think also movie stars, perhaps Monroe, and I forgot who, who else it was. Apparently, I paid mainly attention to her. And, uh, well, you can see it's a, I mean, it's a very beautiful and very traditional hotel, right? Mm. So I would say trashing a room there with their regular partner, partner. getting you a one-year ban is not that bad. Uh, I don't know if you can follow me. Or you think, yeah, uh, they well, it, it does appear to be banned from the hotel for life. Okay. I mean, I, that strikes me as rather normal. Uh, I, I haven't dressed that many hotel rooms myself. I don't know about you, but uh, I mean, no, I've never. I'm not a particularly sore loser. Like, I don't mean no. this as a an insult to anyone else, but like, I I don't really get that upset after losing games of chess. So really? Okay. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I've never really played for serious stakes either. Certainly, like, it doesn't. That's the confidence that comes from being successful in other spheres of life. I mean, for us, our identity is just so much built up with the the result of a chess game. You seriously don't get upset by losing? No, I get. I, well, I mean, I don't get angry for sure. I it definitely affects my sleep. Like it's okay. very hard for me to sleep after a loss for sure. Okay. Um, but also I think in general, like after a like a very long win or a very long draw, it also messes with my sleep. It, it takes yeah, so it's come down from that. But it's more the exhaustions rather than the emotions. You're saying in a way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I I definitely I don't I'm not. Someone who gets out. But also, without insulting you, I, I, I mean, you're not an elite player. No, not for sure. I mean, it's still, I, I do think there is a similarity with classical chess, more or less at all levels, though. I think, like, lose, I think that's one of the things that kind of interests about chess is that, like, even if you're like 12 or 1300, if you lose a game over four or five hours, it really is difficult. Obviously, it's not the same as a world championship match, but, you know, like, there's definitely a, a thread connecting those two experiences mm -hmm. that you probably don't really get at other sports. I no, I, I thought so, actually, because I remember at some point, uh, maybe it was a social uh, occasion, some kind of dinner party, but I think the the wife of a, like a, a 1500 player was explaining to me, yeah, yeah, if my husband loses, I mean, it completely ruins his next day and little sleep and such. And I was a bit puzzled. I thought, okay, it's, isn't it just like me playing football? But I think... You're right, that chess has this kind of effect. So, I mean, no, that's why I was very puzzled with what you, you said in, in, in that respect, because I thought that it's not much talked about. Maybe it should, but it would be interesting to have some research in that er area, in my opinion. Yeah, well, it, I, I think I'm I'm unusual in this respect. Like, other amateur exactly. players that I know tend to take it a lot harder, is my impression. No, I mean, on top level, I would mention... I don't know how much Topalov cares if he loses. And I also remember speaking to Larsen, who said, yeah... It's a pity I lost, but of course then I would try to win the next day, and it seems to not affect him too much, but that's not how I see it generally. Mm -hmm. Anyway, about the hands thing, I mean, they were giving quite some details. I mean, they did mention a broken mirror that sort of, you know, spew glass pieces onto a sofa. Yeah, so that, there right? was two, there's two descriptions of what happened. One was an anonymous account on Reddit, and one was uh, an account from Hans himself. And they gave two... For some reason, like, they gave more or less the same amount of items, but they were different items. 
So I think, you know, okay. one of them said he smashed the table. Hans said he's, he ripped the couch. One of them said he smashed the mirror. Hans said it was a picture. Like, it was all kind of stuff like this, which was very strange to me. That it, it was kind of all slightly different, but basically the same thing. And he was fined, like, $5,000 from the hotel, which... Okay. I'm not... Massively, I mean, right? I mean... No, you mean well. You mean not fine. You mean built for damages, right? It's not like uh, I mean they cannot impose a fine. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was billed, and I guess you know the, the from what Hans himself said, the, there was a report made to the police. So I guess this was the compromise for being not pressing charges because this is criminal. Okay. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you saying that it can even be criminal damage in terms of that? Uh, there can be some kind of extra eponymous money. It's not just a legal matter in terms of expenses. I mean, guess it's... I mean, I don't think it would go to prison or yeah, anything yeah. like that. But, you know, no, like, no, no. It could definitely something that could be taken to court, at least. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of hassle. I would assume the normal thing would be to solve it in a sort of uh, agreeable way, right? I mean, at least if the offense is admitted, which I guess it's hard not to in a way. But also, I mean, we do... So, I mean, you know... I'm sure there is players who has been very angry and kicked something, and then they can sort of, you know, pass it on as an accident and uh, quietly pay for the item. I mean, I, I mean, I had to pay for a chair that was due to overweight and it broke. But uh, I mean, well, you can always use excuses like that, right? I mean, it should be possible. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I think generally these things get dealt with quietly, right? It's very rare yes, that this comes out so publicly. It sounds like something that's gotten pretty much out of hand, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I guess the other side of that, the whole thing, is that Hans is very upset that he hasn't been invited to the St. Louis Chess Club last year, and now he won't be invited to any events this year. And I, I do understand why he's so upset about that, because St. Louis Chess Club provides such an extraordinary amount of money to chess players. I think the American and opportunities as well. I mean, but yeah, I mean the the American Cup is next month, and it's a four hundred thousand dollar prize fund. Just... No, no, I mean, they are overpaying financially, they're overpaying in terms of uh, sporting's possibilities and such, of course. That That is, I mean, you would almost rather be banned by feeder, right? Uh, of course, this sort of will in, into the act, but yeah. Yeah, so, but I mean, I guess that's kind of the, the main thing. Well, I mean... I don't think anybody really thinks that it's okay to trash a hotel room, and I don't think it. Like, I think it's kind of reasonable for the hotel to ban him, and it's reasonable for the club to say. Like, don't in want. general, don't you think that? I mean, despite Stinkfield being such a power factor due to his sponsorships, isn't he completely entitled to invite whoever he wants? I mean, that's my feeling. Yeah, like I, I think he's he's a private organizer. Or I mean, I, I don't. I'm not sure how much Rex is involved with like actually inviting people, but. No clue. The, the club is a private organization. I mean, they, in principle, he has the final say, I would assume, right? I mean, he can say that he can just go and say no without a reason, and that's uh, then his word is law, I assume, right? Yeah, they, I think that would be fair. And, and also, like, if he really wanted to invite Hans, like, he could just say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's the one that's paying the bills. Mm. But, I, yeah, my impression is that, like, this is a private organizer, and they, you know, you are basically being invited into his house. Like, I don't think he's... And if he wants to invite you into his house, that's entirely up to him. I guess the the question is, is this a problem for the chess world that like so many of these, almost all of the big tournaments are organized by like private organizers. You know, if you annoy 
the wrong people, you basically and like I think St. Louis is the biggest example because they do multiple events. But you know, Norwich S and Tata Steel are also private tournaments. Grenka has come back this year. That's another private one. Like if you were to rely only on FIDE tournaments or your national federations tournaments, you wouldn't really play a lot of chess. Is my impression. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a big problem. Let's discuss that. But first, I just want you to say, well, invite into his private house. Well, that's not technically true, but it's close to. I remember, I mean, well, uh, Rex always comes to the tournaments and he sits sort of front row in the video room. And, uh, well, he's always been incredibly kind to me. But once I basically, because I, I don't see well, I, I placed myself in his field of vision for following the games. Oh, there he sort of politely yelled me, okay, just get out of my way. I mean... I think it's literally his place, right? He sits there, he follows the games, and this is his hobby. I, I think any spectator would be entitled to tell you to move out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But no, what I want to say is that, I mean, well, I think Rex, he's basically, he would like to follow chop chess, and it's easier for him to pay the bills and invite everybody who comes to St. Louis, and he would have to travel around the world. He likes to support things as well and such. But basically, I think it's comfortable for him. He can go out of his house walk down to the chess club for one how small distance that is and just follow this super event. So basically, well, things are organized in, in exactly the way that Rex can follow it from, from home. So there is a lot of truth in that. And I think this general thing you are saying is that, of course, it gives too much to the power to organizers if you want a fully democratic sport. I mean, but we are not tennis or we are not golf in a way, right? I mean... The problem is also they provide so much more money and sponsorship. I mean, well, again, this is also a FIDE podcast. In an ideal world, of course, FIDE would generate so much income and opportunities that we could have some kind of more democratic structure. But we are just not near that stage, right? So I think for practical reasons, such organizers are incredibly popular and, and rightly so. Oh, yeah. For, I mean, it's definitely not a crit- some of the organizers themselves, like the chess world would collapse immediately without guys like Rex, Tata Steel, and Norwich Chess. Uh, also, chess.com is a private organization yeah, that yeah. basically funds a massive part of professional chess at this point. Um, but it, it does kind of raise the question of like, and I do think it's entirely reasonable to ban someone for trashing a hotel room, but there's also, there could be a scenario where, you know, you can be banned from a chess tournament just for being slightly annoying like you know yeah, yeah. if rex decides that he doesn't like someone they can, he can just ban them and that's the end of it and it's you know especially if you're an american like there is a huge part of american chess mm-hmm. but i, I did and like i tweeted about this as well i think it's just it'll make your life a lot easier if you just don't don't antagonize people and don't you know trash hotel room it's i don't think it's that diff- yeah i don't think it's too much to ask just uh, out of curiosity, do you think you are leading by example here, or is this more your theoretical opinion? Um, well, I mean, I definitely don't lead by example for sure. Like, no. I don't. I, but I also, I wouldn't be upset if Emil Sadowski doesn't invite me to his birthday party. Like, I wouldn't. Fair enough. I wouldn't find that like a big surprise, and I would think, okay, I'm I'm entitled to this opportunity to be invited mm-hmm. to his birthday party. I am by far the funniest person in chess. I could, you know, make everyone laugh at the party. I think I would. You know, add this to the event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah fair enough. I, I don't Maybe think he will, that would be reasonable of me. No. Oh. 
No, and I think also, Irene, I think I recall when Magnus had to play Caruana for the World Championship match, that will be, oh, where is my memory, that will be 2018, right? Yeah. I think in general, St. Louis would like to organize, but they probably were not too happy doing it uh, with FIDE in terms of, uh, you know, I mean, a large part of the money will have to be paid for FIDE and things like this. And, well, it's also, I guess the organizers wouldn't mind that they would be sort of incorporated in the official structure, but it's not so simple either. I mean, then it becomes arguments about rights and so on and so forth. And having this freedom of standing alone is is quite, uh, you know, a plus. And well, chess is a rather poor sport in many ways. I mean, well, I mean, I'm working for Magnus. I think he has no reason to complain. But still, I mean, a world championship match maybe cost like five million euros. I've forgotten, right? It's rather small money compared to other sports is my impression, right? So yeah, and I think you know the amount of attention that it gets is is pretty big, considering the amount of money yeah. that gets spent on it. Like it's like the match itself always makes like global news, for sure. And yeah, yeah, no. Also, I mean, I'm sitting here in a pretty luxurious surrounding in in the north of Germany, and this is just a private sponsor who can uh, uh, apparently afford to invite uh, eight of the best players in the world and let them have, play a tournament on some kind of uh, you know funny ways he would like to do so i mean we are still a sport where an individual can uh, just buy an event uh i mean and there is quite some of these individuals around in the world i mean we, we speak sinkerfield now there is here in in germany and so on right i mean well when i grew up it was van osterom who was sponsoring his funny events in monaco and well it gave a lot of income and a lot of interesting po- uh, possibilities for players it gave fun events for spectators and such and uh, he would of course just invite whoever i mean he wanted to i think there is a story about that at some point someone uh, had annoyed him. So he specifically insisted that uh, please invite the second best player in this country just to spy, right? So, I mean, it gives you some power, but, uh, well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that's these kind of things. You know, I, I, I'm not, overall, I think it, at the moment it is a positive for the chess world because like, I think there's a bit more flexibility with these private events. There's, there can be a little bit more creativity. Like, I, it would be very silly if FIDE randomly put on this Chess 960 event with just eight more or less random players, obviously very strong mm-hmm. players, but kind of no real criteria. Like FIDE or any governing body can't do an event like this. And I think no, no. you do need private organizer, organizers to have some creativity and put together these. So like, yeah, I mean, let's say in, foot, in football, they try to suppress, let's say, having a private super league or something like that. But it's completely uh, uncomparable entities, right? So it's uh... yeah. I mean, I think the, the the comparison is more kind of like so, I mean, sometimes you'll have like tennis players playing like private exhibition matches. Yeah, yeah. And I think the differences in chess, we kind of take these matches more serious, or these tournaments much more seriously. Yeah, yeah. than they would in other sports, which it, because they basically are. It's like they're the money is serious, the the players take them mm. seriously. Um, and, it, and it's just always the way chess has been. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think Hans has dealt with it in in the best way. Um, no, I, 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 no, I mean, it's going to be difficult for a Saint Louis to invite him back next year. But maybe they'll be able. To. It seems like I mean he made a huge mistake and killed the hotel room, and then instead of trying to minimize damage, he seemed to go in the other direction. Uh, I'm not the one to give PR advice. It's, probably your your area but uh, i mean to me it seems like he persisted where maybe 
shutting up would have been a good idea. Well, that goes for all of us. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's very easy to say, but for me personally, I would have apologized. I would have paid the fine, and then I would have been quiet for a few months. And then maybe after a few months, you send an email. And just, you know, just be nice to people. And if they don't respond, like just leave it another six months. I, I, my impression from like I've never been to St. Louis, but my impression is that the people that do the day to day running of the club and organize these things, they're quite kind of nice, friendly people. And I think, you know, if you treat them like human beings, then there's probably, you'll probably get a lot further than, you know, demanding that you be invited to tournaments. Cause like the reality is like no one is entitled. Mm-hmm. That's just the way that the chess world is. And I think, I think generally you're right. Of course, I mean, Hans compares himself to Fisher at times and, and Fisher might succeed with these things. Uh, sorry, had succeeded, but. I mean, well, it kind of helps being number one or number two in the world, right? I mean, if you're lower down the, the pecking order, I saw you made a tweet that it doesn't hurt to be behaving nicely. That surprised me a bit, but you're probably right. I mean, people don't want the extra attention, the controversy. They just want to avoid the problems, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it depends. I think some controversy can be good. But in general, it's not something that sponsors really want overall. And it's also, if it's any amount of hassle for the organizers, they tend to, they're already very busy organizing a tournament. You know, this like, mm-hmm. in general, this is the time where they're running a tournament, they're run off their feet for two weeks and then maybe afterwards they can relax. So in general, like they don't really want extra. Mm-hmm. It's my impression. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think, the, you know, exceptions will definitely be made for the, the very best players in the world. The, you know, I think Magnus, Nepo, Hikaru can all be a little bit more abrasive than than other people. But if you're, you know, outside of that very, very top group that can, you know, bring in guaranteed viewership and guaranteed attention, I think it's, yeah, you're going to struggle to be, to get away with that kind of thing. Because like, I guess like, there's definitely leeway for like, you know, Nepo. Well, I mean, we'll maybe talk about Nepo's tweets soon as well. But you know, Magnus will turn up late for games. He gets away with. It. And if yeah, yeah. twenty six fifty, like you shouldn't turn up late for games. You shouldn't no. be there. <laughs> I think you're right. Also, well, my point would be, I think that, I think Sinkfields and others who are these kind of messinas, they understand that we are overpaying uh, you guys. And we are doing it to be nice. So they expect you to return the favor in terms of being a little bit grateful and not create any kind of trouble, right? If you start treating it like you have the right for these kind of events with that kind of money involved, I mean, that could turn them off. I don't know, but I'm speculating a bit here in a way. At least that, that would be my impression. that uh, well, They are kind of aware that they are doing something very good for the chess world. So at least uh, behave back, I would say. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, yeah, I mean, I hope, I mean, that you can definitely continue to behave in that way, but you need to get close to 2,800 to, yeah. to start that level of entitlement. And Fair enough. He has the confidence that he will do it. Maybe he's just putting himself under extra pressure. So, uh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Anyway, you start an old... The pressure is fun, though. Like, I, I enjoy, like, his his ideas that he's the next Bobby Fischer. Like, I think this is excellent. Like, everything else aside, like, 
Hans's quest to be the next Bobby Fischer and doing this publicly and kind of be very open about it, I think is excellent content. Unironically, I think this is something that the chess world uh, should have. So, like, I'm fully supportive of that stuff. But yeah, there there are other aspects that kind of drag it mm-hmm. down a little bit. Um, but yeah, can we, maybe we should move on to the. Yeah, yeah, you already <laughs> almost start, start, started, right? Yeah, let's give Hans a, a rest. Yeah, that uh, you you mentioned the uh, Nepom's tweet, right? That's what you wanted to talk about, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So so during the Chessable Masters, Nepom actually got knocked out by uh, Jose Martinez Alcantara, I think his name is, Josbem, and uh, after the game, he tweeted, you know, can't do much, and a laughing emoji. And then after that, he tweeted a kind of a private DM with Maxim Vashilagrav, where he, they were joking about, you know, the final can't be uh, just from against Laz. And I, I think there's a pretty clear implication there that they think both of those guys are not playing entirely honestly. Yeah, I'm also wondering, I mean, where are we on the legal scale? Is it basically saying it outright? Or you think it's, I mean, there is still some kind of disclaimer? I mean, I don't, I don't know how these things would hold up in court. For me personally, like my interpretation is just an outright accusation. Yeah, I, I think the, the like these are two of the names that come up so often uh, in you know Kramnik's posts, and you know other people have talked about them. That I think, like, I I think it's completely irresponsible to pretend that that's not an accusation. And like, I I think, yeah, that's what it is. It's very hard to interpret it all other way. I think also maybe Jon Ludwig Hammer was basically stating that well, this is an, uh, basically an accusation and we'll debate it on Norwegian television. I didn't tune in to, to, to see what they actually spoke so I cannot really quote it. But I mean, well, if that's not an accusation you basically have to fill it out, right? I mean... Yeah, I mean, uh, but also like we're kind of blaming Neville, but like Kramnik has been doing the same thing for months where he's basically accused many, many different people um i think lazovic yeah and jose martinez's names have come up but you know he's accused liam he's accused hikaru well sorry kramnik has not accused any of us yeah that, that will not be happening it. so kramnik doesn't say yeah no, i mean they, they, he's clearly heavily insinuating and this ends me up but that's also i mean can you just insinuate things i mean well you know it, it is. Uh... I mean, I I don't know. Like, if I was to start an account that only tweets about car robberies, and in between all of those car robberies, I just happened to mention that Kramnik was in the vicinity of a car robbery at this time, and I just keep <laughs> joining the dots on the map. You know, Kramnik was yeah, one yeah. mile away from this car robbery. This day was two miles away. This day, this day was right next to it. Like, I'm not saying that he robbed these cars, no. but also. I'm not that saying that. Like, it would be a, it's a very dedicated account that only can, talks about these. Yeah. These no, if you do it one once, maybe we will let you go. But the tenth time you do it, I guess, yeah, it starts. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right now, he, he but, basically only tweets about cheating, and he names a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So, like, but but what also this this actual one. I mean, it's an ongoing event uh, and such. It's it's very tricky. I mean, I saw also. Uh, I think. Uh, I mean, the one who was sort of uh, hinted at uh, that he, he lost too. He basically said he lost all kind of interest playing in the event after that, right? And um... yeah, and I, I think, like honestly, I I don't know whether I'm way beyond 
if if the cheat happening at this level is way beyond my ability. To I, kind of I, I have no clue. And I've based on the kind of information I've seen from Chess.com, they don't have they haven't found anything to suspect him, and you know they have a bunch of extra measures in place. I mean, we again we are talking two two live cameras uh, filming him when he's playing, right? Two live cameras filming him. The screen share. There's sound on. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, but it's obviously still not impossible. Like, just for example, you know, you've got two cameras on you at all times. They don't look at your shoes. Okay, that's something in your shoes. Just an example. Yeah. I don't know how you get around things like that. But yeah, it does. Also, it does I mean, seem if, you have, if you have something in your shoes, we are talking about someone having a, a computer running that then send it to you in your feed in Morse code and you have to process that information and make the move, right? I mean, probably not, not that Morse, easy. No, probably not Morse code, but something that, that maybe makes, that sends a signal when there's a blunder, for example. Yeah, yeah. Or, also, I mean, to capitalize on a blunder, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that is not yeah, enough I, for me. For me, I, I'm un, no. I'm also unconvinced by this. But like a lot of top players think that if they knew when there was a blunder once or twice a game, that they could, but dramatically, I understand. And I'm not... that I understand, but that I thought was more classical chess. I mean, then it will make a massive dis- difference in such yeah. quick formats. I don't know. I mean, it will just be buzzing all the time, and you will. I mean, I don't know. Of course, it would help, but decisive. I don't know. I, I I'm actually not sure it would help. I'm I'm kind of unconvinced that it would help because I think it would decrease your level in the rest of the game. I think it would be very hard to play like a at the top of your game without with that crutch there. Some so, I mean this I'm thing's... kind of unconvinced, but like maybe maybe the, like I think Laurent talked about he was going to play this match before where he was allowed to check stockfish like three times or something. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. But I don't know if it ever happened. And I, I'm kind of curious, because my, my theory is that he would actually play worse overall mm-hmm. than his, his regular level, but I'm, I'm not yeah. sure that match ever I mean, took place. That, I mean, that could be, be trained and so on and so forth, but it's just that, I mean, well, it actually sounds very difficult, and you're saying chess.com? They seem to, well, uh, you work for chess.com, so maybe there's a limit to what you can say, but... Your impression is that well, they take it very seriously and actually try to make sure it can't happen. Right? I mean, they take it very seriously and they do a lot to make sure it can't happen. It there's no way to one hundred percent stop everything other than having. Well, I mean, not even having one person in the room is enough. Like because that person could be paid off. Like so, you need like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you need kind of a lot of different measures, and it's it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. I I do have a. a quite a bit of sympathy with Jose Martinez because it did seem like it was really affecting him afterwards that like he just mm-hmm. it's kind of sick of these accusations and he is you know over the board his FIDE blitz rate is 2700 something he I don't think I, I mean he hasn't played the kind of world rapid blitz as far as I could tell so you know maybe Where is he lo- lo- located he is he was in Peru, but he recently changed federations to Mexico. Yeah, to so Mexico, again, it's right? still yeah. kind of difficult to get to these big tournaments. And it, I don't think, I don't recall him playing like any of the big tournaments. Mm-hmm. No, no. Uh, and maybe, also, yeah. La- La- Lasavik has done quite okay in over the board. 
Greek formats, is my impression. Yeah, he came eighth, I think, in the world blitz. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, it's not uh, there are seven who was higher than him, but still, it's uh, pretty respectable, especially with the, his classical rating and such, right? So, yeah, I mean, I think there are definitely some top players that would be reasonably <laughs> happy with eight. What else? I mean, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. I could mention one, but uh, yeah. But also, I mean, again, without taking any sides, it's just very horrible situation that some people feel that uh, there's no way of checking this and others saying, okay, we're completely innocent. There's no way of clearing ourselves for this kind of accusations. They seem to pop up on a regular basis, right? Yeah, and it's, I think it's difficult. So I think one of the interesting things is that Magnus did, well, actually, Lazarus did win a game against Magnus, but Magnus won the match. And I'm kind of curious, like, how Magnus goes into a match like that when he knows that there's there's rumors or you know people are talking like because once those ideas get in your head, it's very you can't get them out of you. You can't just or maybe he can and that's why he wins. But for me, like if you suspect that you're that something might not be right, and actually Magnus has talked about this with the watch with yeah yeah, yeah. the guy who had his watch and I forget his name. But yeah, like the, once the idea gets in your head, then it's very difficult to remove it. So I'm curious, like, how does Magnus approach a match like that when the idea is there and you still have to perform? I don't, I can honestly, I mean, I haven't spoken much with him about that. I guess, um, well, my recollection from, well, the Anantopolov match where I was a second there, we spoke a bit about it. And I think our conclusion was just that, uh, we're going to assume that there's no cheating involved, and if there's cheating involved, we're going to lose. It's not that difficult. Uh, so let's focus on what we can do something about. But I understand that it, it could start creeping. And, uh, but I mean, there is even people who has this theory that people will not dare cheating against Magnus because then, you know, it would affect... Uh, well, that will be, you know, too controversial or something like this, so they will fly under the raid. I mean, well, you can create any kind of weird narrative uh, these days, right? And, uh, I mean... You can always justify something. I, I have no clue, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, it just, like, it feels... I mean, the idea that people wouldn't cheat against Magnus, but they would cheat against Hikaru feels very odd to me. Like, if, yeah, like yeah. in terms of, like, pure viewership, I suspect more people were watching the Hikaru match because he was streaming it. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, maybe it sounds less like... But it, but no, no, I, I, I don't believe in uh, in such, to, to, to be honest. So, um, I... I I have no good solutions. I'm happy it's not me who has to to solve it. That I'm mainly just my role is just to tell Magnus that was an awesome match when it's finished. So I mean that that I can do. Uh, yeah. So yeah. so one of the other issues with this with these kind of insinuations or accusations is that people are at this point saying that there should actually be consequences for mm -hmm. false allegations which is the case with Fide like if you accuse someone of cheating over the board publicly and you know there was a case where someone got banned for mm -hmm. six months possibly there there can be consequences to this. so like mm -hmm. is it time for there to be consequences for well I mean Kram doesn't play so much but for Nepal I don't know no in general it would be reasonable I mean for instance there was definitely things about the Fide elections I would like to sort of talk more about but I mean if you don't have any kind of proof you're supposed to shut up in, in the, the legal environment maybe here it's a bit different but I mean well that's also why they're fretting a bit careful but well we are debating has this line been crossed can you actually say something like that and 
I would say generally you can't. But uh, well, I'm you know an old guy believing in uh, some kind of uh, you know legal principles. Maybe online you can uh, you can there is more more room for these kind of things. But uh, well, also, I mean, if he took the case to the FIDA ethics committee, he would have a chance, in my opinion. Uh, wouldn't you think so? I yeah, I would I would think so. But I mean, I'm. The part of it that makes me a bit uncomfortable is like I I don't think Nepal is dishonest when he is no no things like this I think it's a like whether he's right or wrong and I like I have no idea I think he genuinely believes that these people are cheating yes and it feels think... difficult to like I I'm not convinced that he should be punished for something that he is just wrong about like. Because I don't think there's malice there. He's not. He's not trying to be. You know, trying to actively harm someone. He just genuinely believes they're cheap. Is my. Opinion. It's a good point you're you're making. I don't think he's a sore loser or anything like that. It's uh, no, genuinely also a sore loser. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> but but I mean, well, they will. But I also I I mean I'm not into the legal details of the the Neiman thing. But I mean, as far as what lawyers was explaining, I mean. Well, it depends on jurisdiction. That in Europe, perhaps uh, we need to have evidence. While in the States, as long as you actually believe it to be true, what you are saying, there is more room in a way. I'm not into these kind of details, but I get your point that Nepom is uh, raising a subject he feels strongly for, and that uh, he believes what he's saying. Right? I mean, um, well, I guess our normal understanding is that if you don't have evidence, you will actually have to shut up. But um, it's interesting in that sense, but yeah, I don't, I don't think there's going to be any, any big changes coming up soon. No, um, unfortunately, it's well, it's an ongoing I mean, thing. I don't know how how the, I mean if chess.com actually has rules about this uh, that you cannot do something like that. Maybe the, they just have some standard I'm not, classes. I'm not, I'm not sure like what their the technical rules are. I'm not sure. Like I don't. I'm not even sure if the players are actually under contract for the Champions Chester. Like, I actually don't. I know in the past, like, when it was on Chess 24, it was a much smaller event. So, like, basically everyone who played signed a contract. These contracts were pretty long. I suspect there was probably something in them mm-hmm. to say, like, you can't disparage other players during the event or disparage the organizers or something like that. But I'm not sure there actually is that in Chess.com because there's so many people playing it now, like, and which is a good thing. Because they have this big open qualifier, but it does mean that like you can't have two hundred people signing a contract for every event, and or m- maybe you have oh. to point, but like it's clearly a massively a massive increase in the level of kind of work behind the scenes. Maybe there is something in the general terms when you create an account that they will say that covers it. Yeah, but even that it would be very difficult to cover things off platform. Like you probably yeah. can't do it on chess.com. You probably can't accuse people of cheating on chess.com on their platform. Mm-hmm. But like, I guess if you do it in your own social media, I, I doubt they have. Yeah, then it becomes your private legal dispute. And... Yeah. But, I mean, you can still do that with, with kind of contracts for a specific event. Yeah, also. Really normal. In the feeder system, I mean, there is a, you know, separate ethics commission. You can, you know, appeal and so on. There is a functioning legal system. But, well, so that would be a bit much asking chess.com to have, uh, I mean, their own system like that, right? I mean, you know. Yeah, and, and again, it's difficult because like, I don't necessarily think Nepo should be punished for it. Uh, but it does seem like 
I mean, you also have to consider like the other players' reputations, the other players' feelings, yeah. like how it affects their tournament. Just you know, you're in the middle of a tournament, and one of the best players in the world accuses you of cheating. This is going to be yeah fraction if you're a, an ordinary person. So like, I don't know how it was back in the days in cycling when you know doping started appearing. I mean, if you could actually talk about it in public, or maybe just everybody was doped, so it didn't uh, matter in that sense. But uh, no, it becomes a weird uh, juridical situation, and uh, I don't think people should be able to do like uh, Nepom is doing in principle, but also. Starting to ban people for six months would also feel wrong in a way. Uh, uh, it's just a very annoying uh, spot we're in. That's also yeah, I mean, definitely, like, it would feel very awkward to, you know, ban Nepo when it's it's clear there's also people cheating who haven't been caught. And they're... They, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's definitely... There's no way that they can catch every single cheater. So it does feel like a very awkward situation where they ban someone for... No, we, we all... Blending about the problem. It's a re- it's a relevant problematic. I think no one is debating. It's just that, uh, well, is this particularly case wrong? Well, we think it quite likely could be, and then it has quite some consequences. But um, yeah, no, it's crap. And uh, well, my feeling is that uh, next time we meet, there will no, maybe not next time, but I mean, there's going to be more episodes like this during this year. It's a continuing theme, right? Yeah, it does seem. It does seem like it's not going anywhere. I think just the gum of it. Are working on some new measures. I think they've talked about sending proctors to people's houses. I think that can be, that can definitely be helpful. But like, I'm, I'm not sure if you refuse. What happens if you refuse? What happens if you just play that day and then wait till the proctor goes home? Like, I, I don't. So, but I, was, I mean, well, okay. One of the players lives in Mexico. That's possible. The other one lives in Belarus, as far as I understand, and I would have guessed Minsk. I mean. It's not that easy getting there under the recurring political situation. I mean, good luck sending a chess.com representative there, is my impression. I mean... Yeah, I mean, there's definitely there's definitely practical difficulties involved, but also... Yeah, also like, financial. Like, take a car, for example. Like, if you send... If the suspicion, which is clearly what Kramnik's suspicion was, is that Kramnik... Hikaru's cheating. Okay, you send someone to Hikaru's house to watch him. He plays it. Well, okay. Twenty-seven ninety-nine level, and then he goes. The proctor leaves, and he goes back up to twenty-eight oh five level. Like, if he's cheating, he's only cheating a very, very small margin. Yeah, but also, like, I mean, you can't prove. But again, it's just one person. You say that's also a weak link. I mean, there will definitely be people saying, "Okay, is this a legitimate representative?" I mean, they will typically, you know, choose someone who is somewhat local, right? I mean. It's never going to convince uh, those who are convinced uh, that we, just yeah. because there is a person at their home, right? I mean... No, I agree. And I think it would be very hard to appease the Kramnik at this point, yeah. especially because you yeah. like you can't even use the the over-the-board idea. Okay, well, Hikaru could play a match against Kramnik over the board. Okay, well, Hikaru would crush Kramnik over the board, like 10-0. Like, I don't think it would... But 10-0 is... In Blitz at this point, I think... Ah, in, Bl- in Blitz, you are probably right. Yeah, yeah, sure. A 10 series may be too much, but... Uh, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm like... Gonna, I'm not, I think it would be a heavy... Sc- yeah, I'm not going to take any bets on the result. You're right. I mean, no, no way. So... I, I don't think the result of the match would be in question. To- That's exactly. The result of the match, and no one is putting any money on that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. You, that, that is... So, so yeah, I, I don't know how you would... The, I, I don't know how you would prove that Hikaru is innocent. Like, I... Other than the fact that he is Hikaru. Like, basically, that's where we're at now. Because 
any measures we take, he is just a very strong player. Like this, but that also cre- that creates this problem that I mean, Hikaru is cleared because he's Hikaru, but well, it makes it difficult for the new new promising generation, right? I mean, uh, well, Hikaru I- wasn't Hikaru until he suddenly was Hikaru, right? I mean. Yeah, I think this is part of the problem is that there is this... We did have this COVID period where a lot of these players didn't really get the chance to play off the board or... Mm. And now we've had, you know, the the war in Ukraine, which has obviously affected Lazovic and possibly some of the young Russians as well. I think some of the young Russians... Because I think... Well, I mean, one of the interesting things is that Kramnik names Russians maybe more than any other nationality. Mm. He's extremely suspicious of Russian players. If you look at the people he names, like there's a lot of Russians in this. But I think we are in this kind of weird period where it's not necessarily that they haven't all had a chance to play over the board, but like they definitely really haven't played over the board tournaments against the mm-hmm. the previous generation. And there there does seem to be a generational gap between you know like Nepo, MVL, Caruana. Also, Magnus I think is pretty suspicious as well. And a lot of the younger people. And all of these guys are in their 30s now. Like, they're still very strong players, but they are at the point where teenagers are catching up with them rapidly. And, you know, some of the teenagers... Mm-hmm. Like, Ali Reza is basically there already, and I don't think the other teenagers but, are that far. But Ali Reza has been there enough to that they have a feel of him as a person, right? I mean, Ali Reza is someone they know. I mean, they've played with him several times over the board. and I think Yeah, that. but he kind of got... Into the the world elite just before COVID. Yeah, I, so I get you a lot of chance to to kind of meet him, and you know, I don't, I don't think any of the top guys are very suspicious of Ali. Mm-hmm. Maybe Kram, Kramnik probably. Um, okay. so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If that's your only example, we're not buying it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone is suspicious of Ali. Mm-hmm. But no. Yeah, it's a. I don't know. We will we'll have many more episodes. I'm I'm afraid so. I'm afraid so. But it's um, no, it's an interesting topic, us because it's so difficult to solve. But also, we all understand that it has to be in some kind of uh, way. But no, I don't know. Or maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's still functional. You know, I mean, they have events. They have good prices. Uh, they have good viewership from Chess.com's perspective. Maybe that's the the bottom line. As long as it doesn't hurt the popularity. Well, what can we do, right? Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the outcome of the Chesable Masters was two matches between Magnus and Ali Reza. Like, it doesn't, mm-hmm. to me, that means that the system, although it might be not working perfectly, it's not broke. Like, these are no, basically the basically players yeah. that were. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, I know Ali Reza is slightly lower at this point, but like, I, um, I mean, I think Magnus against Ali Reza as a final of any tournament is basically not an unexpected result. No, no, I mean, that that feels... No one is doubting the legitimacy of that, right? It's not the two lowest players suddenly playing the, the final against each other, right? So uh, I, I get your point there. And um, yeah. So I do I do have a major criticism for the, the Chinese mm-hmm. Chester and Chess.com and the Chessable Masters is that they didn't make Ali Reza and Magnus play from the same room when they were in the same hotel, the same hotel you're in right now. And I think, yeah, yeah, really missed a trick here. Like they should have just made them play from the same hotel room, ideally lying on the bed together. Um, <laughs> okay, just, now I think they next to each other with their laptops. I think it would be a very, very good find. 
I think there was talks about it, not to the extent that you're describing with the same uh, bet, but it would have been logical that they tested the venue like this. But um, well, there seems to be no no agreement on that, and that's um, I uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it would be typical. Also, I I cannot imagine that uh, Chess.com would mind that some other venue would get some att attention. I think they would just think it's a it's funny and a good gimmick, right? So that that is a bit of a pity in a way, but. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Chesterton would mind. Is my impression? I think no. I mean, they're partners with the uh, this nine sixty event that you're. Yeah, so like I think we're we're pretty supportive of that, um, and also in general, I think it highlights how well these online events can uh, cooperate with over the board events that they can. The players can, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, you quite often we've seen it over the past couple of years mm -hmm. when people will play in an over-the-board event in the morning, in the afternoon, and then go online at night and play one of these online events. And I think that's a really good addition for the chess world. Yeah. I think also, well, from the chess world, and especially from the players, it's a strong incentive to get the system to work. Because, I mean, here actually very few of the money goes into expenses. There's not uh, 100 people who has to fly around the world and such. And basically everybody can play, everybody can qualify. If this works, it's great. That someone wants to put in so much money as chess.com does, it, it's great, right? I mean, everybody should have an incentive for this this thing panning out, right? So, um, I mean, yeah. What I thought I wanted to say something. Ah, yeah. I don't know if you completely object to talking any kind of chess, but uh, the final was quite spectacular, right? I mean, Magnus lost the first two games, and uh, as his coach, who had just played. 18th holes of golf with him and tired him. I was a little bit nervous at that point for, for well, job reasons whatsoever. But he act, well, he lost the, the final two and a half, one and a half. But then because of the system, he had sort of the one final advantage. So they had to play two extra games, right? And uh, yeah. then so somehow uh, he managed to to prevail there and actually played a pretty pretty well in the end. So Yeah, it's a, it's a double elimination. So Alvarez had already lost the match earlier, I think, to... I'm not sure uh, you lost it. Maybe Jose Martinez? I'm not. Oh, no. Ne yeah, I'm not. Neffles. He beat Neffle? I'm not sure enough. But anyway, he totally lost. I'm sure he did. Maybe he lost to Neffle first. I actually forgotten, to be honest. So, yeah. Uh, so our usual level of preparation, and especially from yeah. the coach of. Uh, I mean, theoretically, I should have been looking through Neffle's. Uh, sorry. Furious game for preparation, right? So, uh, yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah, but uh, he lost. No, the, the final was very, very exciting. Uh, like I, I was yeah. very much looking forward to it. Is mm. yeah, just and also, I mean, I'm also grown up with classical chess, and I think that's the real kind of chess, and so on and so forth. But this stuff is pretty exciting if you look at it as a sport event, right? I mean, yeah, I enjoy the rapid matches much more than rapid tournaments. Yeah, I think but it's that feelings like a football match or a tennis match. So, ah, you win. It's okay, you're up 1-0. Okay, now you're down 2-1. It flows back and forth like this, right? I mean, it becomes a pure sport. It loses the, you know, academical and scientific uh, aspect to a huge degree. But maybe that's just how it is. I don't know. Or, I mean... Yeah, no, I, I think from a sporting point of view, like, is the rapid chess is very exciting to watch. I, I think the... The match aspect, I think, for me, is the most important part. I think, like, a rapid round-robin is significantly yeah. less interesting. I think what also really matters is that the players have to care. If the players just think, 
ah, oh, this is rapid, I will take the money, but there's no prestige involved, it loses a lot of appeal. It has to feel that uh, something is a stake, a stake, right? Else it becomes just uh, weird in a way. But if the players care, and you can see they care, it, I think it becomes pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, my my only thing that I would prefer is like longer matches. And I, I think uh-huh. like, for me, the Rapid World Championship should be like long matches. I would, I'd really like to see uh, Magnus's idea of like a a 50 game rapid match not not I ideal think... I wouldn't like to see it replace the classical world championship that's the only part I disagree with but like I, I would really be interested in a 50 game rapid match of Magnus against someone I'm sure he, he, he's mentioned 50 games but oh. I think he mentioned like it was it was a lot of four game set but I think he wanted like I'm not sure if he said Maybe 10 or you're right if he if, uh, you, I get your point if it's 14 rounds classical and if you play four rapid games a day, we get to that number. I get your point. Yeah, I think it was. It worked out somewhere. Maybe it was like four eight games. Is like would be yeah, the yeah. exact comparison. I mean, well, this has been sort of uh, Magnus and Manny's uh, general point that, well, if you have four hours available and you want to find out who is the best player, I mean, four rapid games will give a much stronger indication than one classical game. Yeah, I understand I mean, the whole deal. I, I, I do. Yeah, I mean. I, my only objection is I don't want to replace classical, but like as an addition no. to classical, like I'm, I'd be totally on board with that. And I'm, I'm surprised we haven't seen it yet. To be no, but I think there it comes in again that I don't want to replace classical either. But if you don't replace classical, people will just see it as a fun experiment that doesn't matter. And well, it really has to matter to make sense. I think uh, you know that's. Uh, I mean, well, if the world title is a state. Okay, then it really matters, and well, you have to find some kind of idea where it where it really matters. The same year, I'm in I'm in Germany now, and well, I'm extremely excited. This is going to be Fisher Random, and for the first time, they will have classical time control, so they can really try to think, and we will see are humans able to to play this well or not. But if no one cares from the players, if you just think it's funny, then it loses its appeal. I don't know if they will care enough. If they'll think, okay. This is extremely important, but some of them have candidates next, and some of them, well, you know, they probably care about uh, their normal uh, chess things. If it's only Magnus who thinks this is extremely exciting, it will lose its appeal. So I think a lot of it is in the conception of the players. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that. And I, yeah, I'm curious to see how this event goes. I know Magnus is quite a big fan of this format, so, and it is new to have classical chess at this. In Fisher Run, I, I really think it's the first time. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, for sure. I so, think. so yeah, I'm I'm very curious how we'll go. I'm I'm kind of worried about your job security. If like, ah, you're, are you kidding me? I have no idea. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Then I have to be a a leading expert on on Fisher Random to give advice, but maybe it's not really going to happen. So I don't know. You, I mean, you don't get a lot of time before the position. Right, the position is I like think basically they sit at the board and they get told them where the pieces. Normally, are. they would get the position and have uh, fifteen minutes where they would discuss for the second, and that of course is good for my job situation. At least if uh, I'm chosen to talk with. But here, the idea is that they want to start immediately. But yesterday, I think it was decided that before the games, because well, the the organizers need to set up the position, so there will be a ten minute break. And I think they will separate the players in white and black, and they can discuss discuss among each other. All the players seem to agree on that, so th- so that's how it's going to be. I I have no idea. I mean, imagine you know 
the last round. Someone is leading by half point. Ah, it's a quali qualifier. They start with seven rapid games and then it, they play matches. So maybe it doesn't matter. But you could argue that, uh, I mean, why are you going to, if you have a good idea if in the position, why will you tell someone uh, else about it and such? But um, no, they will have some kind of uh, intro like that. But else in general, I like the idea they get the position and then you start. I mean, you might see people thinking for 20 minutes in the beginning, but um, so be it in a way. So we will see. Yeah, it would be interesting to see if they you could start the clocks and you're allowed to talk to your second until you make the first move. Let's see how long they would actually spend talking to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... Obviously, you wouldn't have access to your lap. You would have to either have it in your head or or you don't have it. Sorry? You would have... If he was still able to talk to you, you would have to have the you know the information in your head. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, it should be general. I mean, of course, at some point, I was thinking about does people exist who will be capable of remembering the theory for 960 positions? I don't know. I I think with chessable, you could do it. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. So, no, I, I, I don't know. But uh, it's going to be very interesting. But again, as I said... Uh, it, it's a bit sad, but I think simply games not being rated makes it very different from pay, players. I mean, we spoke about this pain of losing. I think the pain of losing rating points is a big part of it. If a game is not rated, it's going to feel much, much lighter. Uh, I don't know what you think about that. I mean, it obviously, it's definitely true. But also, uh, I mean, we just talked about the Champions Chester and those games are effectively... You are right. Mm. And it's, you know, I think a lot of... When you add in, you know, like the Championship Tour, Title Tuesdays, the Speed Chess Championship, this is quite a lot of chess that's actually unrated nowadays. And, you know, yeah. 10 years ago, basically no serious chess was unrated at all. Like, this is all relatively <laughs> new. And that, to me, I think they'll just treat it the same. I think, like, 10 years ago, I think you would be 100% correct because yeah. serious chess was unrated. Uh, other than maybe, like, uh, Amber Melody was. Like the blindfold, I yeah, guess, yeah. wasn't great. But, but it was a very exceptional event, yeah. Although I guess oh, it's it didn't even have part. rapid range. Of course, in Champion Chess 2, quite some money is at stake. But I guess the pain of losing comes more from the prestige and the unpleasant rather than the direct financial implications. So maybe actually you're making a good point that um, ah, it's not the rating, it is kind of the prestige. And, uh, well, the question is, does Chess 960 have enough prestige? I mean, let's imagine somebody ends up last, will we think, okay, this guy is exposed as a, not as strong as a player? We would not really think that, would we? No, I don't think so. I think that, I think the problem that the Shirandom or 960 has had is that we've never really established like regular events. Um, no. We had the, the World Championship last year, but I, I don't know when the next World Championship is. I don't know if there will be another but I, I guess they called it Fisher Random. Also, that's one of the problems. Like people need to stop changing. This is going yeah. to be my big criticism. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like we just need to. I, I don't really care what the name is. I think nine sixty is probably the best because it's easy to type and yeah. And also, I mean, nine art. But well, also in nine sixty, sort of. Uh, then we we there is no fight about who gets honor from the name. It's just a number referring to it, right? So then, you yeah, know, it's not also, issue where... If you explain, if someone says, okay, what, why is it called 960? You go, okay, there's 960 possible start position. Someone yeah. says, why is it Fisher random? And you're like, okay, well, yeah. where does the fishing come in? 
Yeah. No. Like, there's a lot of explanation required to, like, explain yeah. it to maybe someone who's more casually with, involved with chess. But, yeah, I don't I don't think it helping mm-hmm. Fisher Random by changing it to chess 9LX or or Fisher Random oh, or 960 oh, or goat, yeah. goat chess. Or yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. Well, I have to check if my contract here says I have to call it freestyle chess. So, yeah, we, we, we'll see. Also, freestyle chess at some point was what they were calling like advanced chess, where you could actually play with an Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, no, freestyle. I mean, no, chess 960 is, you know, it's neutral and it has some exact points. So it makes a lot of sense, right? But uh, yeah, we will see. But yeah, I think like having some kind of regular event would be a big step forward. And I, I like, I would hope this becomes the one that, you know, we have every year just becomes part of the chess mm-hmm. calendar. I thought that. I mean, we have actually not mentioned FIDE, but uh, I thought they were supposed to have a world championship in, in Fisher Random or whatever they would call it, but that it, it was it was cancelled this year or something like this, right? So maybe also it's hard to find organizers who will pay a lot of money for it and so on. So I don't know. Yes. I mean, I, I'm. it seemed like it was pretty successful last year. Was it previous, maybe? Or was it last year, really? I think it was. I thought it was. I, year, was. I might be wrong already. Yeah, I think so. I think we're in, in 2024 now. I think it was 2022, to be honest. Okay, well, I mean, this this yeah, anyway. I'm even more correct. We really need yeah, a regular yeah. something. No, no, I mean, exactly. Like World Rapid and Blitz, it would be good to have it on a regular basis. But, uh, I mean, the funding has to come from some server. And uh, as both of us ideally don't want to have Russian state sponsors. We need someone uh, who wants to support it on a commercial basis. and Maybe that's not so simple. I don't know. Yeah, although, you know, this tournament that's taking place, I imagine yeah. it has a pretty decent budget. Of course. I mean, I guess legally they cannot call it the World Championship. I, I guess, I mean, does FIDE have uh, the rights for one World Championship or for all 960 World Champion positions? I don't know how it works. Probably FIDE has... I think the thing they claim jurisdiction over yeah. is the phrase chess world championship. Okay. Yeah. I think that yeah, okay. big phrase is the, the one that they I think so I you think cannot call it the constitution or in the hand. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, you could call it nine sixty world championship like Yeah, yeah, and you can also argue that I don't know, if if you chose yeah, I mean well, if FIDE is not doing world championships, can they also claim jurisdiction over it? Who knows? Uh, but, uh, I mean, they're not calling this a world championship as far as I understand. And uh, we'll see. I really hope it becomes a success. Uh, should we end on an extremely rare sort of high note? Or should we, you want to quit? Yeah, I, think, I think we should end on a high note. And then, because next week we'll have cheating again and, you know, something else. So, although I, de- so, I, I, will, I will go back to a slightly negative note. Which is not really, but Hans did tweet just before we went live that he is going to be posting before and after pictures of every hotel he visits this year, and I think all chess players should. Oh, really? I'm just pushing it. Yeah. I think it'd be a mandatory thing that all chess players do for 2024. Okay. Well, could start a hashtag, but I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, well. Yes, this, this, we get, to, uh, this is how we get I mean, big you sponsors know. into chess. Like we get all the hotels to spot. Mm, not really. I'm 
afraid that we are sort of downplaying that we have a product and we have to make it weird. It's also that subject. Yeah. My family is coming in eight hours. I actually have to clean up my hotel room uh, before that. But in general, I thought you are allowed to leave your hotel room in a messy state. Isn't that kind of the point? I mean, you pay for cleaning service or is that included? Yeah, I mean, I personally, I, I don't. I always kind of clean it up before I leave because okay. less work yeah. for someone else. But yeah, I think as long as you don't break anything, you're okay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, let's <laughs> see. But... Uh, if you remind me, I will put a, I will put up a, a picture of my room when I leave. Excellent, Good. excellent. I can't wait. Anyway, also there is a buffet waiting for me, and food is something I take seriously. So we will have to to end it here. Yeah, thanks a lot. Okay. Well, I'll see you next week. Bye, everyone.